Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. My guest today is Dr. Joy Cox. Dr. Joy Cox, please introduce yourself to the audience. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Joy Cox. I am a Philadelphia native um, who studies um, the intersections of race and weight stigma, primarily within the context of health. And I'm currently in New Jersey. Happy to be here and um, excited. I am a fat black woman, cisgender, all that good jazz. So that's me in a nutshell. All right. And I once again forgot um, to include pronouns. Dr. Joyce, I mean, Dr. Cox's pronouns are she, her. All right. So we always start this conversation with two questions. Um, why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing a scene? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, when I think about causing a scene, at least from from my personality standpoint, it's usually a scene is caused because you've tried your hardest not to cause a scene. Um, and so, Causing a scene sometimes is important because people act like they don't hear you the first time you said something. Um, so then, you know, you got to kind of somewhat raise your voice a little bit and make yourself known in ways that maybe you generally didn't decide to initially, um, just to make sure that they heard what you said and you meant it. <laughs> yeah. Girl. Yeah. So how are I you mean, causing a scene? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess to, you know, to speak to that point, how am I causing a scene? I think, um, because of the angle that I take as it relates to weight stigma, larger bodies, and the acceptance of those, um, I think that it stirs people in ways that typically they are not stirred. Um, and again, when I say that we deserve respect, when I say to leave us alone and let us fat in peace, that's what I mean. And, you know, sometimes you got to say it loud enough so people can hear it. Okay. So... I want to, there's, you have just triggered so much in my mind right now (laughs) because, um, mm, okay. I don't even know where I want to start with this. So I guess I'll just start with what is weight stigma? We'll start there. So, I mean, stigma, uh, well, weight stigma would be this, I hate to define words with words. Yeah. Um, But oftentimes, I mean, if you think about what stigma is, right, it's kind of this mark uh, that's put on people in a negative way as it relates to um, their personality traits or behavior. So stigma is one of those things that often are not erased. It's looked at as a blemish on a person's character. Um. And, and more so on their identity, right? So when we talk about weight stigma, we're talking about a mark or a blemish that's put on someone's character or their identity based on the weight that they carry on their bodies. Girl, okay, so I'm just gonna tell you, you have hit so much so much that I've been thinking about here lately. Okay. Um, <laughs> oof, um, and being fat in peace, uh, so, and the blemish part. So one of the things, so I was a skinny ass kid. That's who I was. I was a skinny ass kid. And I can tell you in my early 20s, um, well, first of all, I was so skinny that I was unhealthy. And it wasn't out of um, any medical thing. I just wouldn't gain weight. So my doctor, I had to gain weight. And then, but that made me think when I started gaining more weight that there was a problem. Mm -hmm. So I can, I can, I can literally remember being in my 20s, early 20s when I was acting and I was maybe 125 pounds and people saying that was too big. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as I've gotten older, I am 51. I was in the shower this very morning saying, love your body. I was looking at my arms. They don't look like what they look like in my teens, but neither is my brain. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like we... I can accept that I've grown, my body's changed, I developed mentally. But for some reason, holding on to this, not just holding on to it, but we are, we don't just hold on to this idea of getting back to those, that size, but we also internalize, as you said, a blemish that there's something wrong. I mean, it's illogical 
in any other sense, would I think that being my my anything at 51 is supposed to look like it did at 18? I would say I hadn't developed. I would say I was, you know, there was something wrong. If I was the same, I mean, literally our body cells are not the same. Mm-hmm. But yet we have this thing that we have to, this imagined thing. And it's not just this, it's, it's like, it's, I'm going to be honest, it's not even a blemish. It is disgust. Yeah. yeah. It is absolute disgust. This is one reason I, I, I have to be honest. I love Lizzo because she puts it in my face and mm-hmm. she makes me see it and right. makes me appreciate Whatever I mean, that is that's a black woman, right? Right. That's many that's, women. That's a lot. That's a lot of black women. That's yes. our moms and our aunties yes. and our grandmas. And it, and it, and that's and all it, of them. And that makes and so I can remember when my mom started gaining weight after she had a hysterectomy in her forties. I did not want her to go anywhere with me. I did not want her to be seen with me because I was embarrassed that my mom was fat. Think about that shit. Think about the psychology of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and as somebody who's lived in a fat body their whole life, imagine being that person. You're always the rejected person. You're always the third will. You're always the person that's like, oh, can you step a little bit out of the picture? Mm. Like, you know, we just want to take a picture. Is it okay if we just take a picture here? You're the person that people don't go shopping with, right? Mm. Like all of that stuff happens, right? And then there's like a point that even within my own life, I was like, look, (laughs) y'all gonna have to take these hips because they ain't going nowhere. Uh, And I'm tired of fighting with them, trying to get them to go somewhere. Right. So there's this sense of me making peace with myself, but then also, you know, kind of like you said about causing a scene, being willing to square up if necessary in public, because I'm not shrinking myself. Oh, my. Okay, so that speaks. And I love how this is a black fat black woman conversation, because that speaks to so much because they see us as mammies. They see us as these roles of taking care of everybody and we're not supposed to take care of ourselves. But if we're fat, then we're not healthy and all these other things. And they put all these everything about our bodies are not ours. We don't get agency over them. We don't. I I see so many, and another thing that's been tripping me in my head is so many black women who are now getting plastic surgery. When I was growing up, we I don't know if it was because we didn't have money or what, but we didn't get no plastic surgery. And I'm and I'm looking at how many black women whose bodies have been altered, particularly right. their asses, yeah. their hips to ass ratio. When what when 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 what the standard of what people say were, were, that was us. Yes. Right? So now there's this sense of taking this extra step to where you are creating, it's like a character. Oh yeah, because it's not our, it's not our natural body. Cause my butt right. does not sit like that. I have no, a black ass, I have a black woman's <laughs> ass, butt but it does not sit like a <laughs> right. bubble. It does not right. sit like that. And right. so then in my head until, I mean, there was a person in my life who has one of those butts, <laughs> and I and and we were having a conversation because she was going on that she was about to get more plastic um, plastic surgery. And I was like, I didn't realize you had plastic surgery. She's going to get her boobs done, and then I just have I was like, is that your natural ass? Mm. And she was like, no. And I was like, and I I think about all the times I've looked at her ass, thinking it was natural. <laughs> you know but that's where we are like I feel like that's part of society where we are like we have in society deemed statuses right like your social status for a lot for women in general um a lot of that is determined by what you look like and so you know you have these standards that have been set that are unrealistic uh, we could talk about who sets these standards if we want to, right? Oh, yeah, and um, we're going to get into that, boo We're going to get into that because these standards weren't even acceptable until Kim Kardashian all of a sudden. It's like, right. wait a minute, we have been, what the hell? We have right. been curvy our whole life, our whole life. Well, and more so who's writing the standards because nine times out of 10, it's not women. Yes. Right, so yep. Billy yep. and them is writing a standard yes. about our bodies and saying this is yes. what makes you cute. This is what makes you acceptable. And yes. then we race to get that yes. so that we could validate a standard that was never decided by us in the first place. And and, and it's not, it's not even, it's a caricature because yeah. that is not, 
I mean, that's why she's going back for more surgery because it didn't take, I mean, it didn't last. <laughs> I mean, I think. And so I'm, I was trying to have a conversation with her. Like, is this something you're going to do yearly? What the hell is this? Right. Just, just a bunch of, I don't know what they even pump booties full of. They're they just, took it from her. Um, they, she had a lipo and they took it from there. They took the fat from there. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I think at some point there, there has to be a reckoning that we have with ourselves internally and i'm not you know about internalized white supremacy and anti-blackness so much all of that stuff internally that we need to talk about and figure out why do we do why we do the things that we do right Mm -hmm. so i'm Mm -hmm. not saying that everything that we do comes from the outside inward right there's some stuff that i want to do if i want to turn on megan the stallion and twerk in my room like that's what i'm doing and i'm Mm -hmm. doing it for myself and it's Mm -hmm. not for other people and that's cool Mm -hmm. um but i do think that when we start talking about social status and we start talking about other people being able to see us and validate what it is how we look like and if we're fitting into you know these standards i think some of that does come from the outside in and we need to start unpacking why we do what we do and what really matters because at the end of the day like you say you're gonna be 50 years old and then what happens to all of that stuff that you have pumped somewhere else right or what happens if next month the trend changes and now we talk yes. about big arms or what's sexy and not big asses yes because right? then we're gonna be back at the at the doctor's place yes. asking them to pull you know fat yep. from our butts and stick them in our arms and it's like at some point like we got to have an agency over our own bodies. And that has to matter to us on some level. And, and there's such a historical perspective that so many people miss about Black women not having agency over our bodies and the, and the, and the, um, and the lineage of that and the, and the trauma of that. Because even when I was talking to this individual, because, um, you know, I'm not, I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to judge if this is what you want to do with your body, this is what you want to do with your body. But when she came back, after having surgery and telling me that the doctor didn't do her breast right and she was going to go, I was like, wait a goddamn minute. You just had yeah. this surgery. Mm-hmm. And now you're talking about going back to fix something that you think is not perfect. Who defined per- perfect? This right. is why I, I, I challenge people when they say fair and good and nice. People, only people who empower and privilege get to define those terms. Right. Right, right, right. So we, so we, so, so there's a, there's a number of different layers, right? When we start to talk about power and then we start to talk about, so like your friend getting, you know, plastic surgery, right? Like that's about access. Who has access to that, right? So even if you're not the person that is characterized as somebody who's fair, good and nice, do you have the access to change it? Um, And when we start talking, particularly in my case, when we start talking about fat bodies, there is no access to change this, right? Like there is no, I I was at one point in my life, I was eating between 1200 calories a day and my body was like, "Uh, I'll give you 30 pounds, but that's the gist of it. You don't have to deal, this this other Mm. 250 here, mm-hmm. babe, you're gonna have to deal with mm-hmm. that. I'll let mm-hmm. you out. I, I, you would take 30. Mm-hmm. I'll let you shave 30. <laughs> I, right? I, I you but 30. after that, like the buck stops here. And I found myself really having mm-hmm. to have conversations with me about me and why it is that I wanted to change my body, right? And what it was that I was looking, you know, looking to have access to. Now, here it is. I, I got a PhD. I live by myself. I got a mm-hmm. decent job. I'm paying all mm-hmm. my bills, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not really, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm but not hurting for like looks and stuff, right? People call and text yes. and all that yes. good and fancy stuff. So yeah. what is it about you that yes. you believe that you don't have access to in this body? Yes. Like, like who, mm-hmm. who are you trying to prove something to at this point? And that was a real conversation that I had to have with myself and be like, yeah, I, I think it's more internal and it's in your mind and you need to fix some things as it relates to that. Right. And then like stand up for other people because like going to the doctors ain't no joke and people are dying. Oh, yeah, because I'm sure I know if I'm told I'm I'm I'm, I'm overweight child. and I'm at 180. Child. I know not what you're only, hearing. Not only am I <laughs> overweight. Right. Like but there's also, you know, it's it's nothing like a doctor sitting and telling you that, like, you, you're not sick yet, but you will be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stop bothering you now, mm-hmm. but it will bother you later. How are you going to tell somebody something like that? You pronouncing me dead. 
five years down the line before you, you know, before you're seeing stuff yeah. and having doctors read my chart and read, you know, when the blood works come back. I've, I've had doctors look sad and disappointed that they're not able to diagnose me with diabetes. Oh, mm, oh mm. well, we got your numbers back, Fuck. but um, yeah, you you didn't you didn't test positive. You know, there. Yeah, you're right. You did test negative for diabetes, and um, like, well, what you <laughs> said? For? I thought this is what doctors. You know, I thought this is what doctors wanted. Everyone in the hashtag called the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com. Well, okay. What's what's interesting to me, though, and this is why I I shy away from allopathic doctors and for people who don't know what those are, those are your regular medical doctors. And I lean towards allopathic doctors who are also naturopaths. Allopathic doctors say you're well on a scale of illness. I want to see you well on a scale of wellness. And so once I started hearing that, it was no longer, they were no longer talking about my weight. They were talking about, um, you're allergic to gluten. You might want to, this, right, you know, that's, right, that right. stuff is, <laughs> they right. were talking, they weren't looking for diagnoses. They were looking for, um, they weren't looking for effects, but they looking for cause. That's another big difference between allopathic and naturopathic doctors. Mm-hmm. They're looking for causes Man, of I stuff. I need a natural, what's this, what's this called? Naturopathic doctor. I need a naturopathic doctor. Oh girl, doctor. yes. And I'm sure there's black boys in Philly. There has yeah, to be. Somebody, Jersey, I'll, I'll travel. I'll try. I'm willing to make Oh drive. yes, baby. There are beautiful black naturopathic doctors um, that understand our bodies, that don't shame us, that are, um, that understand our, 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 our energy. Um, yeah, I would never at this point, unless I'm in an emergency, go see a white doctor. I just won't. I just, because they don't get any of this. <laughs> right, right. right. Um, but w- w- first of all, I want to ask you, how did you get into this area? I mean, where? <laughs> so, I mean, like I said, I've been fat my whole life. Um, I have two sisters, both who are smaller than me. Um, so I grew up as the fat kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the fat kid, I mean, and, and to some point, like the fat active kid, right? Like I am the opposite of what they say fat people were supposed to be. Ah, so you weren't sitting on the couch eating chips all day. Right. I'm not the stereotypical fat person. And so when I hear people talk about other fat people, I'll be like, who are y'all talking about? I can't put like, this doesn't make any sense. And so um, I was doing my master's in the midst of doing my master's program. Um, I was at Mizzou uh, in Missouri and I was watching TV one night. Why I was watching the news? Probably because I didn't have any other channels, but I was watching the TV and it came over the news that the AMA was working to have obesity listed as, um, as a disability. Mm. And I flipped out. Mm. Now, at the time I was at Mizzou, I was studying interpersonal relationships, right? Because I wanted to know about love and all this other stuff. And I thought it was really cool. Um, I, ha- I watched that segment on the news. I called my older sister. I ran it to her. She didn't really get it. Mm. And the next chance I had to meet with my advisor, I walked into the office and I said, I'm not studying interpersonal relationships anymore. I'm going to study stigma. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Now, what type of balls I had to be like, I'm just going to switch up. Like I had never really studied that before, but I did it. Um, and then from there on out, that was like 2013. Mm-hmm. That's when like this became like a research focus of mine, um, just being in that space. And then by the time I started doing my PhD, I was like, yeah, OK, but there's other issues here, too. Right. So it's not just about being fat because then I, you know, you roll up into these fat spaces and then it's like, oh, this is a bunch of fat white women. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not good enough. Mm-hmm. Right. So are we going to talk about the lived so experience of with, fat black women? You're dealing with white, fat, feminist mess. <laughs> right. And if you could imagine like white supremacy and yes. under the guise of like, you know, 
I say like they all lives matter fat. Yep. Fat, yep. You know, all fat, fat matters. Experience. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why there's a problem if we're all fat because you talking out the side of your neck <laughs> and you don't know what you're talking about. And that's why it's a problem. Right. Yep. And so I was like, yeah, OK, well, something got to give. And then I started to study about like the intersections of race and fatness, mm. which kind of, you know, brought me to where I am now. Um, and then I had an opportunity to write a book. So I just wrote a book that was released in September, which is called Fat Girls and Black Bodies, Creating Communities of Our Own, because it's necessary and it's important. And that's why you came on my radar. I don't know if you shared it or someone shared that book. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so that's where I'm at, you know, like after I did all this research and stuff, I was like, yeah, well, it's worth us creating our own communities and not necessarily negotiating, waiting for people to open up doors for us when we've been doing all this work anyway. And nine times out of 10, the aesthetic of what fat black women have created shows up in white spaces. So Uh it's not an it's not, you know, it's not like we don't have pools. It's not like we don't have. Have oh yeah, they're appropriate everything we have. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of grabbing as it relates to that, or even just our words. Yep. Oh, can you teach us? Can you tell us? And then the next thing you see, you know, so-and-so done created a whole workshop. Yeah. With all of yeah. that material. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe I need to, you know, we need to move out and do our own thing. Yes, girl. Um, and what comes to mind is that whole exchange between um um julian whatever her name julie and and um and lizzo when she was saying how she she was promoting unhealthy um oh oh the the uh, biggest loser lady yes who tortured the hell out them people on that show yeah um and and lizzo was like i do this shit for three hours in the show what the hell are you talking about right right well, and I think a lot of that too stems internally because she don't like herself. Exactly. And, and she's raising a black kid, which pisses me off. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, baby. And this is where I say white people, and I'm going to say it to y'all again, white people raising black babies, if you don't have them connected to people who have a similar lived experience, you are causing child abuse, period. I don't care if you birthed them or adopted them. Right, right, right. Because your own eating, her own eating, her own history with eating, she's it's showing up in her damn kid. You don't have the right to do that because you can't right. even have, you can't even speak to her honestly about what being what that looks like in her black body. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, Jillian Michaels. I mean, I feel like a lot of people hop out here and do stuff for clout because that was, you know. Like, now you done been off the radar all this time. Yes, like, yep. you really pop mm-hmm. up out of, yep, like, yep. you want to give commentary on some stuff? Uh, um, like, so, on a black fat woman that we love? Right. And, you, <laughs> and did you, I mean, and have you addressed, like, all the controversy around The Biggest Loser and them taking pills and all this other Thank stuff? Thank you, that's what I'm saying. All that abuse they did on that show with them people? Right, like, we're not doing this. Jillian, like, as far as I was concerned, I said, well, Jillian, she's a non-factor. And there's no point and arguing with people like that because they they don't say stuff because they want to understand. They don't say stuff because they really have a point. The only thing that they're spewing is the same fat hate that they've been spewing. Yep. And the reason why it carries is because it's so accepted in society yes. as the norm. Yes. But like people have been doing research around fat liberation and fat acceptance and how weight loss doesn't work for decades. Yes. The issue is that because of the powers and the money that is. I was about that, to say, it's like know, that, woo, yes, that money behind that we're shit. We're talking about yeah. a $170 billion industry when we talk about the weight loss industry. Yes. And so ain't nobody letting those, those research paper fly that tell you weight loss don't work. <laughs> you more likely to gain all the weight back in two years and more so than what you know yes. what you lost yes. yeah what we're telling you is that 95 percent of individuals gonna wind up fatter than what they started over the period of two years when you attempt to do weight loss the way that everybody keeps prescribing mm. it and then everybody wonders why they keep getting fatter the number one predictor of weight loss is that the number one predictor of weight gain is attempted weight loss oh i didn't know that because that your makes sense. body because your body actively works. Like our body doesn't pay attention to trends. Yes. Right? <laughs> it ain't watching. So it you, ain't watching entertainment right, tonight. <laughs> right, exactly. So when you cut your caloric intake down, your body says, Oh snap, she's starving. Yes. Let me go and hold on to these reserves. Again, I told the story about how my body said I give you 30 and that's it. <laughs> 
my body slowed down was like, you're not finna kill yourself on my watch. Yep. And what we do is we get upset at our bodies. Yes. Right? Like we get mad. How come I'm not losing more weight? Mm-hmm. And I then we compare do- it to somebody else, which makes it even worse. Right. I'm going to step it up a notch. Yes. Now you out here, no, and look, no shade towards the people that do CrossFit, but like now you out here jumping 12 foot boxes, <laughs> right? Like you climbing under, you know, obstacle courses and, and all of this other stuff. You breaking ACLs. Sh- right. You getting hamps- <laughs> Types of stuff we ain't never, never seen, like never done. You know, you just become like a real life superhero type stuff. And it's all to be smaller, you are actively fighting against your body to be smaller. Okay, so now, okay, I'm going to stop you there because you just hit something that just hit in my head. It is the correlation, and this is actual correlation between you fighting, your, your body is, is doing what it's designed to do, and you have a belief where it comes from doctors or whatever, that what your body's designed to do is wrong and everything you're doing is in disservice to your body. Now, I'm not saying go out and eat sugary drinks, eat a whole bunch of, but that shit's addictive. They did that shit on purpose too. But to say, I'm just really getting, I'm really seeing the, the, I don't, I'm trying to be inclusive here because the word moronic is coming to my mind. And I, I don't think that's, I think that may be ableist. So I don't want to say that. Um, it's, oh, I'm not supposed to say ableist either because we need to prioritize a position. And I'm saying this because I want people to learn while I'm learning. Um, I don't, we no longer say, uh, I won't longer be saying able body because I need to be centering the people who are most marginalized. So it would be non-disabled people when I move okay. forward, just letting okay. people know. Um <clears throat> But what I'm getting, when I'm and I'm still working it out. But what you said just hit me is the absurdity of our bodies, us not us instead of listening to our bodies, we're listening to marketing and the people who we trust to tell us this. These quote unquote these doctors are selling us something that goes against our bodies. Right. Well, because part of it, too, is that. Right. So, again, we talk about social status. You got to throw in authority. You got to throw in power. And in Mm -hmm. our mind, what we've been taught. Right. Is that the people who are in power operate out of our best interest. Yes. So we are less positive intent. Crap. Right. We are less likely to believe that they are lying to us. We are less likely to believe that they have other motives. Right. So, I mean, we could talk about this as it relates to police officers. That's Mm -hmm. why people have a hard time believing that cops lie, cheat, steal, take your stuff, break the law themselves. Because to us, that just doesn't it. It's logically it doesn't make sense based on what we've been taught about exactly about their role supposed to be and how they actually show up. It's two different things. That's the difference between theory and lived experience. Right. And so it's the same thing that happens with doctors. Doctors got to make money like everybody else. Um, And so I actually work at a medical school now um, and I work with doctors and doctors tell me, um, yeah, well, we have like our administrators come to come to us and tell us that we have to ask people about obesity because if we can put it on the chart then we get more money so for years as a fat person I was going to the doctor right like okay I have this sprained finger what's going on and my doctor would say well you know you you know this is this is one thing but let's talk about your weight Mm. and I used to be like why are we talking about this if my finger is sprained? Like, can mm-hmm. we just stay on topic? No, you can't mm-hmm. stay on topic because part of them seeing you is like getting money. So they got to mention this and then they put it on their chart and then they give it back to the administrator and that's how they collect funds. So when you start to think about this, right? Other marketing, so other uh, people who sell medicine and different things like that go to doctor's offices and they market. They want you to carry their medicine. Yes, they want yes. you to prescribe it to the people you're going to get a kickback from that, right? And so there's an incentive to promoting weight loss. There is no there is no incentive in telling people, okay, the same thing that works for John that's 130 pounds is the same thing that will work for you that's 280 pounds. 
you don't get anything from that. Yeah. But you do get it's something a- if you say, hey, I want to prescribe you this, right? And this is supposed to make you feel better. And this is going to make you look better. So... And that's how I feel. That's why I left education, because there is no incentive to fix this system. And this is what I want to get to in what you're saying, because it's, this is why we are never going to eradicate the harm that is happening until we deal with the systems, institutions and policies that are right. in place to oppress and to cause harm. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is because no- you get more money per student for first of all, you get more money for special ed kids than you get for Gen X, where they call them general education kids. And you get more money based on the severity of the disability uh, for those kids. And um, there's a, there's one character called um, can't remember what it's, it's um, op something. It's um, other health impairments. Um, and you get the most money for that, and they can put all kinds of stuff in uh, other health impairments. So a lot of the schools are, f- and that money doesn't go back to the special ed students. So I'm, the, we're bringing in money to the county, but right. yet special right. ed students are scraping. We're we're buying extra stuff because we don't get that money to help support the learning of special ed students. Right, right, right. No, I mean, it's a systemic issue. It's an institutionalized issue. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people that are profiting off of your detriment. Like so many people profit off of the oppression Mm. that's applied to different groups. Okay, so now you just hit on where I'm going with my scholarship is profit without oppression. Because I'm like, I have no problem with well, I have a problem with all systems because all the systems right now are rooted in white supremacy. So if we're talking about, because, um, but I don't have a problem with private ownership, private businesses, which is what capitalism is in theory. The problem with capitalism I see is that it's rooted in white supremacy and white supremacy is about chaos and destruction and oppression and all these things. So I want to talk, start talking about, can we have businesses that create profit without oppressing, without the harm? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think, well, that's some of the things that I kind of touch on in my book, right? Like, what does it look like for us to treat one another outside of this white supremacist structure, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, white supremacy is pervasive, um, but how I entreat you, we ain't got to do that in, in yes. our neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. We ain't got to do that in our community. There's a way for us to entreat one another in a way that we all win. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that like directly to your point, challenge white supremacy. Right. And I think to your point, like what we talk about, like, you know, pro, you, you said profit over oppression, profit um, without oppression. Or pro, OK, profit without oppression. Um, I think that there's a way to do that mm-hmm. in our communities. So that in and, and a way that we don't feel slighted or taken advantage of or exploited. Right. Like you're not you're not doing business with me and making 12 times something and then stripping yes. me for all that. Yes. I Yes. All your value. Right? and Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and I think that there's a there's a way to do that. But I think that that also takes a certain level of creativity and innovation and also courage. Yes. Yep. yep. Right. Like you, we got to start to imagine ourselves like imagine a new reality outside of. Um, white supremacist structures like I say this all the time like I don't know why we even compare ourselves in some ways to white people when white people don't like each other like I'm not aiming girl (laughs) you know like I'm not aiming to be like white people white people don't like each other Uh -uh. but that's that's when you have to throw off though when you have to you can but you really have to come to terms with everything about our lives has been about assimilation and for us to 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 actively and consciously reject assimilation. Right. And 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 that takes time to figure out if I'm not assimilating, then who the hell am I? Because exactly. that's all I know. That's all exactly. I've been taught. Exactly. Nope. And I and I absolutely I 100 percent I agree with that. And I feel like that's part of the issue. I mean, part of part of being in this capitalist society is the the biggest thing that gets stripped from us is time. Mm. We don't have time to think. You know, people say like, oh, why'd you sign? <laughs> why'd you sign the contract? I don't have time to read 18 pages when I need a car to drive. Yep. I'm finna sign this contract and so they I can know get to where shit. I gotta go. And they right, know exactly. They know it. That's why they put it in six point font mm-hmm. in hopes that you, you at least, <laughs> you know, you glaze over some of the stuff. And it's like having the time to actually think, okay, who am I? Yes. Who do I want to be? 
Yes. How do I envision my life instead of somebody giving me this prescriptive form of like how my life is supposed to be? And so many people live their lives never asking any yeah. of those questions. Oh, absolutely. And never really living out, you know, dying unfulfilled because yes. they haven't asked those questions. Yes. Right. And then some people have asked those questions and was like, oh, damn, how am I going to live this? <laughs> Right. Like how, what, where, you know, what does this mean for me? Cause you we, know, uh, and that's another thing that's, and that's why representation matters because we don't have any representation of, we don't have, who do we, I mean, I, I look at right now that the, the ideas, Oh girl, you're tapping so many things for me. Cause the <laughs> ideas that I have are so fucking big. Sometimes it, it frightens me because I'm like, I have no model on who 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 do I see that does that? Because in the past, the model has been white men, right? That's if you want to, you know, Buffett, Musk, um, all these people who were supposed to, you know, um, um, Branson. These are people we were supposed to emulate. But when I started unpacking white supremacy and seeing how mediocre and unremarkable white dudes were, I was like, okay, you ain't even in my league, right? Yeah. So yeah. for me, but to me to even say that, how I don't how, how dare I say that mediocre white unremarkable uh, white dudes who are making billions aren't in my league that I'm better than that oh so that's a whole nother thing that I got to unpack in my brain how dare I say that they're not a good example for me how dare I dream to I mean what, my goal is to win the economic um the Nobel Prize in economics not because first of all. Where the fuck did I get that from? How am I going to get there? Um, uh, does this prize even mean, you know, all these other things because I don't have anybody to look at. Somebody might say, oh, well, you have Oprah. Oprah didn't, no, Oprah's assimilationist to me. Mm-hmm. She's, she's about assimilation. Mm-hmm. The Obamas are about assimilation to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, they just recently start openly talking about uh, racism and anti-racism. Um, all the black folks that you want me to emulate, emulate, right? They're assimilationists. And I feel like, but I feel like the magic in this is that you got to catch people before everybody else sees them. By the time everybody else sees them, there's already been some things tweaked and that's why they're being seen in the first place. Mm, Yep. Yes. So when I think about like changing the world and stuff, I think about a lot of grassroots, like what did I have whenever I was growing up? What was Mm -hmm. that thing that kept me alive? And like, no, my aunts, my uncles, my grams, all of those people, they didn't operate on that same level or scale, but they had the know-how, like they had a wisdom about themselves. Yes, girl, don't talk about wisdom. Girl, Like (laughs) that is what our community has that white people don't have at all. And I tell them, and you cannot rush wisdom. Wisdom takes time, it's developed. And that's that's what what people are talking about when they're talking about this coronavirus is hitting our communities that's what we're losing we're losing our community wisdom with all yeah. the, our elders passing away yeah. because this is these are the people who said oh hell no we ain't gonna do trump another four years so we're gonna put this bland ass white man up against him who he ain't gonna be able to attack because this bland ass white man ain't never done he is so middle of the goddamn road mediocre unremarkable what is he gonna come after this dude for mm-hmm. that's right. how we got biden yeah yeah but, yeah. y'all, but they want to call them low information when they happen. Oh, that no bitches. Our ancestors have been right. here, lived this experience. Right. And we were trying, they were trying to minimize harm and, and prioritize the most vulnerable. Right, right. And I think like, you know, like you said, that's something that you can't buy. Mm. That's something, you know, people talk about this all the time. Like, and, and again, it goes back to like white supremacy, right? So like, I'm supposed to be this super smart person because I have these letters behind my name. And I'm not shaming myself, but I'm saying it took me going through and getting a PhD for me to realize that getting a PhD wasn't really that hard. And that's what I'm struggling with right now to finishing up my degree because I want, I love my research, but I'm already working in my field. Right. <laughs> I'm not, already- and not a- and not only that, like when you think about the work that's associated with it, it's not hard to write a 25 page paper. And what the bullshit it, I'm having to deal with with my second chair. It's like, God damn, dude, right. can you leave me the fuck alone? Right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's everything else, right? Like if you have a committee that will let you live and you can manage your time, you can get it. You can get a degree. You can get a degree. But it's all of these other things. It's these like low-key hazing. Yes, that's what this shit is. This motherfucker trying to haze me. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? 
<laughs> right. Exactly. Right. So like, it's and my chair keeps saying, Kim, calm down. Kim. I'm like, did you read that shit? He didn't have to write that shit like that. Yeah. 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 And look, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of professors that feel like, feel like you are like they're subordinate. You yes. are, you know, they're going to teach you a lesson. Like I got stories. <laughs> I got stories. Okay. Like when I tell you, like they tried to, I had a professor that tried to blacklist me in my department um, because I didn't go along with her plans as it related to um, she wanted to work on a paper. The paper got accepted. We went to Puerto Rico. We didn't go. We got accepted. The, the conference was in Puerto Rico. It won top paper. She decided that she then wanted to present. Cause she told me, she said, you got to promise that if we get accepted, you're going to go. Cause she didn't have no plans on going. The paper won top paper. She was like, I'm going to go present. And I said, well, if you're going to go present, I'm going to stay home. Why am I spending all this extra money as a student to go to, to Puerto Rico? I said, well, it's, it's advantageous for me economically to stay where I'm at. Let me take care of myself. And then all hell broke loose. I'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene. Currently this work, this push for equity, for minimizing harm, and for prioritizing the most vulnerable, is collectively viewed by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1, Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. And then all hell broke loose. Um, and she, I wanted to, she wanted to take advantage of the paper. She wanted to get the prestige, but she wanted your ass to do the work. Pretty much. And so what happened, I was like, well, I'm not going to go. And then I had professors tell me like, oh, I can't sit on your committee. Like when it's time Ugh. for you to do the, your quals exam, all of this other stuff, you know, all of this muck and mire yes. yeah. stuff. And then like, when I tell you, like out of the blue, I had professors that emerged. People I never, like I had a meeting with one professor. I'd never like met him formally. I sent him an email. I was sitting in, you know, sitting in his office. I'm doing the spiel of why I think he should be on my committee and stuff. And he stopped me mid-sentence. He was like, I understand you got to get stuff done. I'll sit on your committee. Like help came out of the woodwork. Yes, yes. And pushed me through. I, I was funded for four years to do mm-hmm. my PhD. I finished in three, three years and some change. And that the professor that tried the professor that tried to block me actually wound up being um the chair of the department so she had to sign my paper at the mm-hmm. end and i took solace in that i mm-hmm. said yeah the same person you tried to stop mm-hmm. is the person but now see, that you got to sign but, off on and acknowledge and that's what you but you, that's what you're speaking to black women right there though cuz they always underestimate us they always underestimate and and when we when we end up in front of them, they're like, "Where the fuck you come from? Oh, don't worry about it, boo boo. Don't worry right. about how I got right. here, cause right. you weren't paying attention to me. I've been on your heel the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you finna watch me stroll past you, right? I'm bothered. Yes, because the because the barriers that you're Stay trying mad, to bitch. set, right? <laughs> don't don't work, right? Like they don't they don't work. And I yes. feel like you know just the resilience of black women. Yes, in general, like 
our, you know, our ability to snap back, don't ever underestimate, don't Girl. ever underestimate yes. that. Right? Yes. Right? Like, and not only snap back, but snap back and be joyful. The right. fact that we can still be joyful with all right. the bullshit that we have Listen, to deal with. Not a cheekbone, not a cheekbone goes to waste <laughs> on black women. Okay? Not a cheekbone. Girl, um, yes, we be smiling. Like that is part of, that's part of my purpose in life. Boy, how? How I be granted with cheeks like this? And Girl, I, put, uh, I tweeted the other day, literally, I tweeted the other day, um, not, there's nothing more radical than an unapologetic, joyful black woman. We are some of the most dangerous. I, I tell you, our li- collective liberation comes through black women and all these white folks talking about their allies and blah, blah. Sit your ass down. Shut your motherfucking mouth. Give me right. my resources and give me your right. platform. I don't need you exactly. to say shit Exactly. Else. Exactly. I got, if I'm saving me, I'm saving you. So shut right. up. <laughs> just let me, just give me the microphone. Let me do what I do. Don't let me do me. Right. Let me do what I do. And I tell you like black women, I, I was raised by black women. Black men was there, but raised by black women. Yes. I'm talking hitters, shooters, dining, whining, all that, all of that. Right. Yep. All of that. And there's a beauty in all of that. Yes. Yes. Like if you need black women to get some stuff done. Girl, baby. All, all of that. <laughs> baby. Like, yeah. When you're talking about make some shit happen with out of nothing. <laughs> Listen, out of nothing. Look. Okay. Like there's a reason why people eat ketchup sandwiches. And yeah, it's about being poor, but there was something special about those sandwiches. <laughs> Who would have thought? Like you dig deep enough. I guarantee you a black woman got that <laughs> stuff together. Okay. I'm telling you. So Hell, the fact that we eat chitlins. Shit. Girl. <laughs> Listen, now, okay, in fairness, I don't eat chitlins. But but let me tell let I'll me tell you how I, let, me, let me let me tell you how I will suck the toes of a pig's feet in a heartbeat. Girl. I remember being uh, a child and the candy lady sold pig's feet and we would sit on the, get us a pig foot and a frozen, um, you know, the frozen Kool-Aid in the styrofoam cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Girl, we sit on the curb. <laughs> lips be all white. <laughs> Listen, okay. Well, and we survive. Kind of, we survive. Huh? Everything yeah. whiteness throws at us, it causes us harm, but we figure out how to survive it. Figure shit. out how to survive it. And that's and I, the problem right now. Whiteness has no resiliency. And so what they're experiencing right now, they have no lived experience on how to get through yeah. this shit. So this is why they could become violent. This is because they don't know anything else. But this has been, but you would think, see, you would think, you would think by now that there would be some practice adhere to this because like they are really just repeating history but they don't like, know they history. get upset they're ignorant they're ignorant by design they get upset they they take their balls they take <laughs> your ball right they go home they set your stuff on fire <laughs> like at they some burn point shit down. they burn right. shit down right like these are tantrums yes tantrums but, but what they don't realize you take my ball oh i'm you left me on the dirt oh i can i can play with i can play tic-tac-toe in the dirt right. i don't need your ball oh, bitch. have you ever seen mud balls you about to see some today <laughs> like <laughs> that's you how it be i don't need your balls <laughs> right we must I can, draw, I can draw hopscotch with my finger. I can get a rock. I can play hopscotch. All these kind right. of things. We learn how to play the game without the ball. Yes, girl. Right? Ball was a luxury. Right. <laughs> Shoot. Have you ever, I mean, the games that we made up when we didn't have anything, right? I girl, think we people, are resilient. Yeah, and it comes I think people, from the, people get used to like, if you strip them, they will not do. Like you're wrong and mistaken. If you strip us, we will recreate. And that's the problem because- Based on white supremacy, we should be gone. We should either oh, yeah. be still slaves or extinct. And the fact that we keep coming fucking back, stronger and better, they don't know what to do with that shit. They don't understand why do we... <laughs> they don't understand why we don't die. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, why haven't that, they given up yet? And that is, in all seriousness, why the hate is there. Why do these motherfuckers keep thriving? Yeah. The fact that right now this president is pissed that black cities handed him a goddamn loss, that niggas said, oh, hell no. Right, right, right. You had people voting who ain't ever voted in their goddamn life. Right, right, 
Right. Well, and people play themselves because the initial thought was they didn't need us in the first place. Yeah, but again, that's the underestimated. That's oh, that. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. when you. Yep, and we just sit back in the cut, just like um, we just sit back in the cut. But like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, oh, okay, everything you doing is just galvanizing us. I see this shit in in Georgia. Oh, y- y'all can. Mm-hmm. Oh, them black folks about to turn the fuck out in Georgia. Yeah, keep playing. Yeah. Keep playing. <laughs> anytime, anytime a black person say, "Okay, okay, all right." <laughs> That does not mean okay or all right. <laughs> like that, that does not mean that. Like you got to know that if a, if a black person what is, is like, okay, I see you. All right. <laughs> that means that they are planning something else. And that's what black people been doing. Okay. All right. Oh, that's this what is why you did. Oh, okay. This is why you get an Omarosa who, because y'all underestimated her ass. How the fuck she get a camera and audio equipment in the situation room? Because the bitch knew. She needed, she needed some, she needed receipts. She, she black women, she, she we document everything. We document everything. Right. Listen, there, that's, that's, that's why I probably, I got like, what, probably 98% of my mailbox is full now. Not because of the emails I'm getting, because of the ones that I saved. Yes. Today y'all try yes. to roll out and say I said some stuff that I yes. did not say. Yes. Hold on one second. <laughs> I got a folder for that. Hold Accor- on. <laughs> right. According to my archives in 2012, I spoke to you in yes, and- email. <laughs> right. Do you remember writing this? Like yes. <laughs> exhibit A, exhibit B? Listen. Yes, because we've had to do that because, you know, when the white tears come, we already right. know we fucked. Right. So we're going to have to, we got to cover our asses the best way we can. Right. We come in protecting ourselves from the door. And it, it may not work, but you know what? It, we ain't going to go, we ain't going to go quietly. Right. Right. And nine times out of ten, you always know because they usher you out the door quietly when they've done some <laughs> stuff they ain't supposed to do. Oh, don't worry about it. We take care of just go. Like, yeah, no. no, bitch. I'm going kicking and screaming. I'm going right. to make all the noise right. in the world. We going to cause a scene. They going to think you don't shake my ass. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, because before she started dropping them tapes, it was, oh, it's that dog. She lied. Yeah. And, da, 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 da. and I, I I don't need to be in the same room with that with that woman. But I can tell you the fact that y'all underestimated the black woman once again is why you, right. she, she was able to co- record y'all ass doing that shit. Right. Right. Y'all didn't think that she was as smart as she was. Oh, of course not. Y'all wanted her to, you know, to play the little. And she played the role. I mean, she going to have to deal with that herself. Yeah. But um, black women ain't ain't stupid. Right. She didn't, first of all, she didn't get that far. Whatever her, whatever you believe about her, she didn't get that far right. from being stupid. Right. Right. She got she got a sense of hustle. Like she, you know, she's a. Oh, she, same she, with Candace yeah. Owens. I don't want that helper at my table. I I, I don't want to be in the in company with her. But um, she's smart. She know how to play. See, we have always had Candace Owens right. and diamonds and silks and 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 um all these folks in our community. It's only because of white folks. Y'all pay attention. We never paid attention. We right. knew how to shut that we, shit right, down. Right, exactly. That's but and and to that. Well, can I? Can I? I don't know if I should. But to that point, like we've Baby also say, this always is, uh, had. <laughs> like we've also had our Umar Johnsons and all of them other people too, right? Yeah. Um, so, tri- um, Tyreeks, all of them motherfuckers. Right. Yes. So we. So 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 within uh, the what's black his name? What's his name that they got all them damn nicknames for his ass? Sean King. Only reason Sean King's still making money is because of white folks. Right, because white people still pay attention. And black people who part of the community... Particularly and the black women have told y'all this motherfucker's right. a grifter. Right, over and over <laughs> and over again. It's not even one person, right? Like, they not, I didn't see so many open letters on Sean King. <laughs> this should be a book. Yes. Y'all like this, you could just take like just like they did the Bible, the book of Ecclesiastics. <laughs> there should be a there should be a book. There's a whole chapter on that stuff. Yes. But and it's, black- and it, but, but 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 he makes white folk feel good about that. He he helps subside, uh helps them relieve their white guilt. He is per he is that he is their white they they little savior. He mm-hmm. high yellow. Um so he dealing with a whole a, 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 a black, dark skinned dude wouldn't be able to do all this shit. No, no. Listen, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have got. He wouldn't have got past his first fundraiser. I tell you that much. Yep. Tell, you, tell you that real quick. <laughs> but the thing is, the black collective. Mm-hmm. We look at people. We be like, like you said, okay, 
Mm-hmm. We know you ain't about nothing. Yes. Why do we? Why would we spend energy on that? We're not spending energy arguing, yelling with no Candace Owens. We already know what that is. <laughs> Go on and get your money. Right? Thank you. But at get the end of the day, and, I, right? and like I said, with diamond and whatever diamond and silver, diamond and silver, I hope they got because that shit turned. I hope they have enough savings or whatever, right? Because at Look, some point. Yeah, you whole, ain't gonna be useful. There's a whole host of people getting ready to disappear. Yes. Off the radar. Yes. Dominic Silver gonna be able to book nowhere. Fox News ain't gonna be checking for them. Candace Owens, too. Sorry. Like, y'all better milk this while you can. Get it all. Right? Get and the all. people that y'all cut off in hopes of being able to claim the fame, y'all gonna have to deal with that afterwards. But all of this other stuff, again, and the collective we already know y'all we see y'all we're unbothered we've been exactly. unbothered exactly ain't nobody wasting no sweat no tears no time on that and then that's another thing so when you say when black people are like uh-huh 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 another another tale is when we unbothered that's when y'all need to get scared because yeah. when we unbothered when we're not arguing with your ass no more when we just sitting back like Okay. And then somebody say something and we just like, okay, yeah, uh-huh, yes, uh-huh. When there's no, when that voice is just like, even? <laughs> one or two things, one or two things getting ready to happen. Either you are in a place of impeccable peace or you getting ready to swing on somebody. Now, the people who know you know which one is coming. <laughs> and that's, be, that's what's important. Capital N, too. Because I could be in perfect peace and about to swing on your right. ass. You could just... <laughs> That deep breath and then come back with a hook. Yep. And that swing on your ass could be a whole lot. It ain't got to be physical because I can take your ass down with a whole lot of shit. Listen. Because again, you underestimated me. Right. You didn't realize I had what I had. Right. Listen, I've learned a long time ago that my words speak to places and people's souls that a bullet never could. And so I'm kind of mindful, mindful about the way by which I use my words. Yes. The ability to read people is, is, a, is a strong thing. Yes. And you can read somebody into their souls in ways that they will never recover. Girl, I, before I gain some, some sense of, I don't even know what the word is. My goal would be to tear you down. I wanted you in absolute abject terror and and i would just talk it was just i would just go i would say the the nastiest the most because if i couldn't because that's all i had to strike back i couldn't i wasn't gonna fight you mm-hmm. my words mm-hmm. with all i had it's all i needed mm-hmm. and, it, and, and and it works now it still works now yeah yeah, I don't get people think, <clears throat> and when I'm when I'm on Twitter, oh, you just angry, bitch! I ain't angry. I'm soaking in the tub. What you talking about? Right, right. right. You, <laughs> I don't know you. Why am I upset? Right. No, but right. I'm reading your ass. Right, right. And my thing is like, it's the facts for me, boy. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if I if I got words that that are factual, if I could tell you about yourself with actual facts. <laughs> Girl, do you want to dig this grave or do you want me to do it? That's why I right. have a trello full of articles. Bitch, bam, bam, yeah, bam, exactly. bam, 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 <laughs> Exactly. That's fine. I'm going to leave him right there for you. Right. Come on. You, I, I, now I'm being nice and oh, like, you take a deep breath. Play space. Bam. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Let me tell like you that something. Boston on that ass. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Y'all ain't making y'all books today. Yeah, not right? today. Written Right. <laughs> Run that Boston on that ass. Right. Yes. Real quick. Real quick. Oh, my um, God. What would you like to say in your final moments on the show, lady? I don't know. I have no idea. Where am I right now? I have no idea. I thank everybody for tuning in. This has been great. This has been, this has been wonderful. I mean, I think that, you know, Having conversations like this among Black women is important, um, and oh, just essential. knowing, you know, that, that 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 there's solidarity out there, mm. that we're standing with one another, even if even if we're operating in different contexts, right? Like I'm over here doing my thing, I'm fighting, but I join with you. I mm-hmm. can stand in solidarity and help you do the work that you do. And white and folks think, don't know shit about that right. because they don't understand community. It's all about the individual. If right. they come over this way, they want something. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. No, and that's true. Right. And so like we out here building our communities, let's keep doing it because we are making a difference where we are. Yes, baby. Yes. We are bringing down these systems, institutions and policies. Yep. 
with a smile on her face. Girl. Boy, I tell you, boy, these cheekbones getting put to work. You hear me? <laughs> it's a good time to be alive. Good time to be a black ass woman. Ah, yeah. And on Is that, never a bad time to be a black ass woman though. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Girl, this has been amazing. Yes. Yes. Have a wonderful day. All right, you too. All right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCauseTheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Cause the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.